0: Because a young man has the power of God on him. I really do believe that. And I'm excited about hearing him preach tonight. Amen. If he doesn't stop smiling, his cheeks are going to fall off. Amen. (laughs) Testing one. Are we good? All right. Last two times I was up here, I either broke the mic or didn't turn it on. So we're going to make sure we're good before we start. All right. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So today I want to preach a message on sitting at, at Jesus' feet. Sitting at Jesus' feet. So say you're in an everyday life. It's a normal Saturday and you're done whatever you have to do. And you finally get to sit in your chair and relax. And then there's a knock at the door. You're like, oh great, who could that be? At first you're thinking it's a Jehovah Witness and then... Next thing you're thinking, it's probably some Verizon person trying to sell you something. But to your surprise, you open the door and it's Jesus. So now you're freaking out. It's like, oh, what was I watching? Oh, what's out that I maybe need to put away? Or or is there any food that I have to get prepared for? And you start working and working and your mind goes crazy. And I mean, mine would too. I mean, if Jesus knocked on my front door. So one day in the Bible, there's a story that that exactly happened. Jesus came into somebody's house and somebody went crazy working, but somebody sat at his feet. And tonight we're going to talk about which one are we? Would we go crazy working or would we realize that there's, as Jesus said in the passage, we'll read it, there's one thing needful in this life, and that's to sit at Jesus' feet. Let me open up there. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Luke chapter 10. And verse 38. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So Martha received Jesus, and right off the back, we think Martha's doing a pretty good job. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much-serving. And it came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve him alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. God, I thank you for all you've done for us. God, I thank you for just always loving us. God, I pray that you would just help me now. God, I pray that you'd fill me with your power. God, I pray that you would just be with my words. God, I pray that you would preach what you want me to preach. God, I thank you for this opportunity, God, and I don't deserve it. God, I thank you for all you've given me. God, I pray that we would get something from your word tonight. God, I pray that we'd hear from you in your word, God, and not me. God, I pray that you would hide me. God, I thank you again for this opportunity. Bless this time together, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So like I said in the story, we have Martha and we have Mary. And first, now there's three separate times in the Bible that this same Mary is found at Jesus' feet. And it wasn't just one thing that kind of happened, oh, Jesus came, so let me lay at his feet. No, it was a consistent pattern in her life that she would lay at Jesus' feet, that she would sit at Jesus' feet. So the first place we're going to look is this chapter, this passage that we're already at. And we're going to see that laying at Jesus' feet, sitting at Jesus' feet is a transforming place. We read here in the first verse, it talks about sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. In order to be at Jesus' feet, in order to sit at Jesus' feet, you have to hear his word. And not only is it something that you should do when you get there, it's something that you should be willing to hear while you're there. Let me explain. Mary knew what she was going to get when she sat at Jesus' feet. She didn't think, oh, well, let me go to get healed or let me go to get a blessing. No, she just wanted to hear his word. When's the last time we just went to God just to hear from him? Not to because we had a burden, not because we had a problem, and not because, oh, we messed up against so we have to confess. No, when's the last time we went to God just because we wanted to hear from him? This this was Martha's life. It was not just one-time thing. Throughout Scripture, she sat at Jesus' feet wanting to hear from God. And if you hear from God, if you listen to God's word, it'll transform you. And that's what we're talking about in this first point is a transforming place. The seat, uh, the sitting at Jesus' feet is a transforming place. And if you've never been there, I want to, I want to encourage you to either go there tonight or uh, make it up in your mind of a time that you're going to set a time aside to sit at Jesus' feet. It, like I said, it's a transforming place. Bringing God's word to, to Jesus' feet and being willing to obey. Not only hearing. The Bible says, be not hearers of the word, but hearers only, but doers of the word. It's not just about listening to what God has to say, but doing what he wants you to do. There are things that you will learn at his feet that you, that you won't learn anywhere else. I had a friend in Bible college, when he was the dorm dad, and that's what we call it. he was really just an RA. and He was one of the more spiritual kids in the college, and he's working at his church, and I won't give you his name, but he was a good friend of mine, and I always looked to him as a mentor, and I always found him praying, and always found him reading. He said, Anthony, you may meet with God in a chapel service, or you may meet with God, or maybe you go to the prayer advance, or at a a great big revival service, but there's never like a time when you meet with God, just you and God. When there's nobody around, and you're just pouring out your heart to God, and you can talk out loud, and nobody hears you, that's sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, I've had that time, and I, I mean, pastor will tell you, I love working. It's crazy that I get to pay to live my dream. And I love the fact that I can just... Have a, and I'm not like, ooh, I have an office, which is crazy. I sat there and I was just like, what? But it's just, I live in a house with loud boys and I've always lived in a big family and I've never had quiet, never. I go into the dorm, there's 26 men in one house, never had quiet. I would either have to go into the woods, or if you live in Beachwood or Bayville, you know what the pit is. I would either have to go to the pit, not like the pit, but the pit is this giant quarry of sand and I would have to go there to, not to meet with God, but to get some quiet. So now that I had a key, and it was late last night, and I just like, you know what? I know where there's a quiet place. I'll go to the church. And no, not kidding. No lie. And I'm sitting on this altar, sit, I'm laying at the altar, and I'm crying out to God, and I'm praying, and I hear people screaming. I was like, you got to be kidding me. It's 9 o'clock at night. And I look, and now I'm starting to get worried, because I remember Pastor Nick would tell me, it's kind of creepy at night, so watch out. And it is. He's not kidding. It's, it's a little weird, and you hear noises, and then I heard these little kids screaming. I was like, what is going on? And then I started getting a little weary. So I'm walking around the building with my flashlight, and right behind here, the house is, some kid's having a party. So I was eased. I was like, okay, well, at least it's not haunted or something creepy <laughs> happening. But but at least, yeah, you know, but... And right away, I just, I'm, the devil's just like trying to attack me, trying to be like, all right, you found some quiet, but oh, here's another distraction. You know, Mary wasn't distracted. Martha was distracted. Ma- Mary didn't care what was going on, what food she didn't have prepared, what chores weren't done. She wasn't worried about gaining more prestige in life. All she wanted every time she saw Jesus was she was down at his feet. A- and when I would encourage you, if you don't have that time, You have to make time for it. I I don't understand how people get by without that time. I've tried it. I've tried living my own life without sitting at Jesus' feet for weeks and weeks. It's just like, Haley would be like, oh, you know, you're really grumpy today. And in my mind, I just get a little bit more grumpy. But in my my mind, I know it's because, well, I really haven't spent good quality time in my Bible or, or in prayer. There hasn't been good quality time where I'm just like, sitting at Jesus' feet, just hearing his word. Not going like, oh, God, I have another problem. Here, solve this one. No, it's, God, I just want to hear from you today. Amen. So put away the distractions. Jumped right into the next point. Put away distractions. In verse 40, we read, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. Now, serving's good if you're in a ministry and you got a lot to do and, you know, if you got to just use myself as an example, if you got to build new coat hangers for all the teachers, because praise God, we got a lot of students this year. Or, you know, or you got... This, and then somebody decides to put a bolt into the van tire. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I never really realized how much actually goes on, but there's a lot that goes on in church. But, you know, you are busy in your own life, not just me because I have, you know, I was new and stressing out and have school and all that. But we live in New Jersey, you know, working long hours because New Jersey is really expensive, and we have busy lives. But there has to be times when we put away the distractions of life and just sit at Jesus' feet. Now, I realize you're not, you may not have that time every day. You may have to make it once a week. This is time. Leave me alone. I'm sitting at Jesus' feet. You know, I'm putting away all distractions. You know, give the kids to somebody else. Tell somebody else to do your chores for that night because you've got to sit with Jesus' feet. You've got to sit at Jesus' feet and just hear from him. Just try to you know, glean something that he wants to tell you because God wants to show you stuff. He does. He absolutely does. I can guarantee you, everyone in this room, God has something he wants to show you. Do you want to know what it is? Are you willing to sit at his feet? Or was I was there last night and nights prior sitting at Jesus feet, just wanting to know what God wants from me, what God has for me. God has something for you and it's at his feet. It's not wandering around doing all these crazy stuff, which is, you know, I get it. You have to do stuff. There's stuff you just have to do, but there's got to be a time when you set those things aside and you sit at Jesus feet. So you've got to put away distractions. Martha was too busy for Jesus. She was too busy. She didn't have time to sit at his feet because she was just too busy for him. And what's sad today, many of us in the church, many of us, like I said before, in New Jersey, we're just too busy. You've got to make time for God. It'll change your outlook. I mean, everybody around you will be like, wow, that was just really happy today. Well, because you met with God, you met with Jesus, you sat at his feet. Make time for God. Don't be too busy for him. What takes up your time? Now, we all know, I mean, you could ask your family, you know, what do they do for free time? Or when they have downtime, if they haven't, you know, what do they do? Do they sit at Jesus' feet or do they sit in front of the television? Now, there's no time for that. I, everybody has their show. Everybody has their sports they like to watch. But if that is taking up more time than sitting at Jesus' feet, the Bible calls in an idol, not me. What takes up your time? What do you make time for? Now, that's a that's a, whew, that's a convicting question that I have to ask myself. What do I make time for? Now, what do I say, okay, no matter what, I'm setting a time for this. And what's sad, many times in my life, even now, or not really now because I don't have time for much, But or even like before when I was like in the summertime, it's like, what do I make time for? Well, I definitely made time for fishing. I definitely made time when I was younger and like a teenager. I made time for sports. I made time for video games. Nowadays, I make time for Haley. I make time for school. What do you make time for? She already got two shout outs. But do you make time for God? Do you, do you set aside time to say, no matter what, I'm meeting with God at this time. You may have to get up early. I've realized that, and I love it. My old job, many of you know, many of you don't. I used to work till 2 in the morning because of school, and I had to get home. No, I worked till 1, get home at 2, get up at 6.30. It was, oh, woke up with a headache, and Haley's like, you can't do this job anymore. You're just too grumpy all the time. And it was true. Oh, my goodness, I'd wake up. I'm like, where am I? But. But now I just absolutely I, I was like, man, I can't wait till I have a good schedule, till I get back and I can wake up early and set time alone with God, because the, you can find time. I mean, I say this, I say this to myself. I said it before in the youth group. You make time for what you want to make time for, right. regardless of you know what you want to say or how you want to explain it away that you haven't spent time with God. You make time for what you want to make time for, and do you make time for God? Do you make time to sit at Jesus' feet? Or it could be like immediate. Oh, wow, God showed me this. Okay, I'm going to spend time with him. Ma- Mary didn't know that Jesus was going to show up, but she made time for him. You know, Jesus kind of walked into her schedule, and He made time, she made time for him. He, she didn't have that schedule. She didn't say, oh, Jesus, come over at this time and this place, and I'll meet with you. you no, know, sometimes you're just going to have to stop what you're doing and meet with God. She was distracted. Got to put away the distractions. You got to know Jesus cares. In verse 42, it says, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus cares. Jesus wants to meet with you. I never regretted meeting with God, and neither will you. I never regretted, okay, I'm going to set this hour, this two hours, to just pray and talk to God and read my Bible. You won't regret that. You may regret, you know, being idle, you know, the... the idle hands are a devil's workshop and that's true. If you don't know what to do and you're just kind of chilling at your bed and then you scroll through the same Instagram 4,000 times, that's more for like the college crowd, but we're guilty of it too. But your idle hands and you're just looking and you know, there's so many things that we could put aside and just spend time with God. And you'll never regret spending time with God. You never will. He's like, oh God spoke to me. I, I wish I had that time back. Never. Never in my life I've said, I just wish I didn't pray there. You will never regret spending time with God. So make time for it. No Jesus cares. Jesus has a plan for you. Each and every person in this church, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you to get involved in this church. God has a ministry planned for you in this church. Or you wouldn't be here. God wants you here. God knows you're here. And he has something planned for you. Because he made every one of you special. I had a, in Bible class, we were teaching, talking about the image of God. And, you know, God made every one of you the way you are for his glory. You know, I may never be able to lead the choir. I was asked to. <laughs> but I thought, I was like, you know, I, I'm not skilled in music. I mean, every time somebody asked me to sing something, I was like, Mr. well, how do I sing this? So I've never been musically talented. But God may give you a musical talent that he may want you to use. God may free up your Wednesday nights to drive the van. God may give you opportunities that he doesn't give to somebody else because he made you the way you are. He made you special. He made you the way he wants you to bring glory to him. He has a spot for you in this ministry. He has a spot for you in your life. It may be at your job. He's got you at the job for a reason. And there's somebody at the job he wants you to witness to. Now, if it's my case, there's hopefully no one that he wants me to witness to. But God has you in the job for a reason. God has you where you are for a reason. God has made you the way you are for a reason because he cares. And you have to get to his feet, sit at his feet and just hear from him And then you'll know he cares. I never doubted that Jesus cared for me when I'm at his feet. You know what I doubted if Jesus cared for me is when I'm looking around and I'm troubled. And I'm looking at the world and I'm in and out of all this. And my faith is wavering. I'm like, God, where are you? But when I get to his feet, you feel his love. You feel his holiness. And he just pours himself out onto you. You know, in that moment, you don't doubt God cares. You know he cares because he's there. And he's there for you. The God of the universe is there for you. That's crazy. We are unworthy of that in so many ways because the God who who sent his son to die for us cares enough for us. So he wants us to be at his feet. You know, you can't see your problems when you're at the feet of Jesus and you're looking up and all you see is Jesus. Where's your problems? You don't have any because Jesus already figured them out. Jesus has a plan for you because he made you the way you are. He knows where you're at in your life and he has a plan for you. Jesus cares. When you're at his feet, you know he cares. Martha was the only one with a problem in that room. Martha was the only one with a problem in that room. Mary didn't have a problem, and we know Jesus didn't have a problem. Martha had the problem. Why? Because she was going crazy. She's like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. I got all this, I got this to-do list, which is three weeks ago's to-do list, that I still haven't gotten to. Where on that to-do list is sitting at Jesus' feet? You know, I found this. This is just a quick tip that I found in my own life. Is when I sit at Jesus' feet first, that to-do list just starts going away. I just like, you know what? I'm doing pretty good today. You just start doing what you're supposed to be doing. But when you get lazy on God and you don't do what you're supposed to do, it just sets the bad dominoes for the rest of the day. So meet with God, sit at his feet, know Jesus' cares, knows it's a put away in your distractions, and be willing to listen when he shows you something. And Mark 4:38, talks about the disciples. They said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And what's crazy is when you're not at Jesus' feet, you may think he doesn't care. Martha says, it astounds me that Martha said to Jesus, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve me alone? So she's pretty much saying, Jesus, do you not care about me? And the disciples said the same thing in the storm. They said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? I mean, look, there's storms, we're about to die. And what's problems in our own life is that we ask the same question. Jesus, don't you care? Look what's going on. Why don't you have a plan for me? But we never get to his feet and ask him what the plan is. We never get to his feet and just have his love come over. We never get to his feet and know that he's always there. And I'm guilty of it. But we'll go weeks and weeks without having met with Jesus and we'll wonder where he is. When you get to a point where you're asking God, do you care about me? That's when he wants you to sit at his feet and he'll tell you. He'll show you. You will feel the love and the tenderness of Christ at his feet. There's just something about being at Jesus' feet that you won't feel anywhere else. You won't you, know, you won't feel it in the choir lifting up your hands and praising God. That's great. That's honoring God for who he is. And you won't feel it maybe serving the kids in the classroom, but you'll feel it at Jesus' feet. There's love and there's tenderness and there's just a compassion that he has that he'll show you at his feet that he won't show you anywhere else. Say, Anthony, I've never even... Experience what you're talking about. you know, being at Jesus' feet. What does that even mean? Honestly, it's like, oh, I've thought of something crazy, but I'm not going to say it. I'll go for it. It's like devotions on steroids, <laughs> if that makes sense. I, 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 I'm the youth pastor. You know, I try to relate with the younger crowd. But when you get into your devotion, you get into your Bible and you, the God, like I've heard pastors say, the words just start popping off the page. It's like, that that's means to me. That, that applies to me. And God's just preaching to you the whole time. And then you pray and you cry out to God and the tears just start flowing. And you just know God cares. You know God loves you. And you know that God has a plan for you. And all you want to do is what that plan is. That's being at Jesus' feet. It's not some mystical thing where you have to like do a certain posture or certain verses you have to say. No, it's just getting to God. Pouring out your heart to him and knowing he cared. It's putting away the distractions. It's being willing to listen and it's knowing he cares. That's the transforming place that Jesus brings to you. So not only was there a transforming place, but there is, oh, missed a point. It's needful. Go to in verse 42. It says, but one thing is needful. One thing. Not this is one of many things that you have to do in this life. No, it's only the one thing that Jesus himself said was needful was to be at his feet. Charles Spurgeon said this, The one thing that is needful, evidently, is that which Mary chose, the good part, which should not be taken away from her. Very clearly, this was to sit at Jesus' feet. And hear his word, this and nothing less, this and nothing more. So, as I'm trying to preach to you, as Charles Spurgeon just said, the one thing that you need in life is to sit at Jesus' feet. You don't need more money, you don't need another car, you don't, you don't need you know, better Wi-Fi You just need to sit at Jesus' feet. The one thing you need in life that takes away the troubles. The one thing you need in life that gives you peace. You know, the Bible talks about peace that passes all understanding. The world doesn't have that. The Christian has that. You know, I don't understand how they could go through some of the things that we go through without God. I don't know how you could go through some of the things that, you know, the world and everybody goes through in life without God. You know, the Bible says one thing is needful. It doesn't say multiple things. It doesn't say, okay, well... Sit at Jesus' feet, but really try your hardest to get that promotion. It doesn't say sit at Jesus' feet, but you know, really try your hardest to you know, have the nicest car. It doesn't talk about chasing prestige. It doesn't talk about doing all the chores in the right way. It talks about sitting at Jesus' feet. It's needful. Everything else is good. There's things that are good, and there's things that are bad, but there's things that are best. But the Bible only says that there's one thing that's needful. That's sitting at Jesus' feet. So not only was there a transforming place, But there was a tranquil place. Turn with me to John chapter 11. And this again is Mary at Jesus' feet. We find her multiple times throughout Scripture at Jesus' feet. John chapter 11 in verse 32. John chapter 11 in verse 32. It says, then when Mary was come where Jesus was... And saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Now this is talking about Lazarus when he got sick and Jesus delayed his coming, and then Lazarus died, so that's a little bit of background. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, with, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then say the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, "Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused this? Even this man should not have died." And then skip down to verse 44. It says, "And he said that the and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin." Jesus saith unto him, "Loose him and let him go." So we see here that Lazarus was sick. We see here that early in the chapter it talks about Martha and 20. Says. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Not one time do you find Martha at the feet of Jesus. Not one time, not in this passage, not in the next passage, not in the previous passage, do you see Martha at the feet of Jesus. It was always Mary. And Mary did it immediately. It was immediate reaction. When something goes wrong in your life, what's your first reaction? Is it to worry, or is it to go to God? Is it is it to fret and call everybody you can? Or is it to go to the feet of Jesus? That was Mary's. I mean, her brother, her friend yeah, just died. And she immediately just went to Jesus' feet. She goes, I know. She knew where to go. She's been there before. You know, if, if you've been at Jesus' feet and you've had the true experience of meeting with God, you, you know you're not going anywhere else. There's nowhere else to go that could really solve your problems than at the feet of Jesus. And we see that it was immediate reaction. What is your immediate reaction to to trouble. Immediately coming to Jesus can bring you from a troubling storm to a tranquil sanctuary. There's just something about falling at Jesus' feet and meeting with him. There's just something about the peace that he gives you that you don't get anywhere else. Like I said before, you don't get it in the world. And it needs to be an immediate reaction. You know, God's not interested in partial fellowship. God's not interested in somebody just, okay, well, God, nothing else worked out. So now I'll go to you. You know, God, uh, well, not one of my friends had a solution, so I'll go to you. You know, Mary ran to him. She ran up to him and fell at his feet, and she knew she, she knew who she had to go to. It needs to be an immediate reaction. And I'm telling you, you'll save yourself a lot of stress if you immediately go to Jesus' feet. From a boisterous sea to a beloved Savior, pray on the spot, real prayer. Don't just, oh, God, I need this. No, really get to God's heart. Really pray. And if if you've been there and you felt God talk to you, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't been there, I encourage you tonight's the night to get there. Tonight is the night to get to Jesus' feet. You'll never regret it, and you can be changed. Like we talked about before, a transforming place is at Jesus' feet. So, Anthony, well, you know, I'm saved and I'm kind of just going through it, but I never had, like, this great revival experience. Well, I'm telling you, it's found at Jesus' feet. Nowhere else will you find such peace and such just ease of stress than at Jesus' feet. Like I said before, Martha was the only one with a problem in that room, not Mary. Immediate, it needs to be an immediate response. Now, also, sometimes it's quality over quantity. We see in this chapter that Mary didn't pray this super long prayer. She didn't beg God for hours, and she didn't just sit at His feet. No, it was just, you know she just, uh, in verse 33, uh, verse 32, And Mary was come where Jesus laid, and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. You know, it wasn't some super long, drawn-out prayer. She just said, Lord, if you weren't here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she started crying. She started weeping. And the people around her started weeping. And Jesus had compassion on her. You know, being at the feet of Jesus, you'll feel his compassion. But it doesn't have to be long. I mean, there's times in your life when you need to just shut everything off and say, God, I don't care how long it takes, I'm meeting with you. I don't care how long it takes, this time is set aside for you. And there needs to be time in your life when you do that. You know, you say, Anthony, I have a very busy schedule and that can never happen. Well, like I said before, what do you make time for? You may have to plan it a month ahead. I understand that. But you just say, God, nothing else is happening on this day or at least this afternoon. And I'm just going to just make time for you no matter how long it takes. You know, sometimes it may take hours. Are you willing to meet with God for that long? Are you willing to take the time that it takes to meet with God? Because sometimes it's not quick. But like I said before, in this chapter, sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes you're so in tune with God that immediately you have a problem and immediately you go down to his feet and you pray and you will talk to God. It needs to be an immediate reaction. Quality over quantity. God would rather a real Christian with a good heart pray for five minutes than a hypocrite pray for an hour. God would rather a real Christian with a good heart Pray for five minutes than a hypocrite pray for an hour. And what's sad is that so many people and so many other religions that aren't even real will pray longer than we pray. The Muslims play three times a day, sometimes more, sometimes five times a day. And, and they're serving a dead God. Their God's not real. Our God is real. Jesus died, but he also rose again. And he's alive today. And you can talk to him. And he's your mediator to the Father. And every time you go to prayer, Jesus is waiting for you. Every time you go to prayer, he's got something for you. Every time you go to prayer, he's ready to answer it. He said, ask and ye shall receive. And we don't feel like we're receiving a lot, but are we asking a lot? Pray with a good heart. Pray a real prayer and meet with God. And not only was it a tranquil place, that there was a peace about it. You know, when Lazarus came forth, she didn't have any more problems. She didn't have any more trouble. And, you know, what's crazy is beforehand, before he even healed Lazarus, she said, Oh, Lord, I know that he'll rise again in the last day. So before he even raised Lazarus from the dead, she knew she had peace. You know, like we go through life and, you know, it's just a matter of life that people pass away. And we can still have peace. We know where they are if they're saved, and we know that we're going to see them again. So before he even healed Lazarus, she already knew, I'll get to Jesus' feet, and it'll all be okay. No matter what happens in this life, no matter what state you're at, no matter where you're at, no matter what trial you're going through, you get to Jesus' feet, you'll be all right. So it was a tranquil place. There's just peace at Jesus' feet that you'll never get anywhere else. So it's a tranquil place. And lastly, turn to John 12, page or two. Again, we find Mary at Jesus' feet. Three separate times in Scripture, we find this same Mary at Jesus' feet. In John chapter 12, in verse number 1, it says... Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, which Lazarus, Lazarus which was, had been dead, who he raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. And Martha served, there she goes again, doing her thing, but Lazarus was one of them that sat on the table with him. And here it is. Then took Mary, a pound of ointment, of spikenard, very costly, and appointed the f- and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not the ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And we skip down. We know that and he actually wanted the money because, well, he stole from the treasury. And then look down at verse 7. and said, Then Jesus said, Let her alone. Against the day of my burying, have she kept this. For the poor is always you have with you, but me you have not always. So we see here that there is a thankful place. She was grateful for what God has done. You know, Lazarus has already been raised. We read that just previously in the chapter. And she was so grateful, so thankful for what God has done that she wanted to bring glory to him. And what's crazy is that the Pharisees were against it. She was worshiping God. And the Pharisees didn't even pay her attention. They said, you know what, Get, get her out of here. And God said, let her alone. If people are telling you you're crazy for going to meet with God, tell them in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. I'm meeting with God, and you know what? I really don't care what you say, because when I meet with God, there's a peace that you don't have. And now, you don't have to be arrogant about it. It's a good chance to witness to them. But, or, you know, if somebody's being trying to add dissension to the brethren. But if you're, if you're meeting with God, you know, on the authority of God, people should leave you alone. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you have kids, obviously, they're, they're going to bother you. But, I mean, I bother my parents, and little kids bother me it's just how it goes but we love you but if if you have time and wake up early go to bed late there's time where you know you can get alone and get alone with God and it should be a thankful place there should be times when you just go to God and you just thank him for all you've done I know at the prayer advance they taught this uh it's called CPR confession of praise and request and I always use it whenever I you know I really set a time to pray or when I try to teach teens or whoever you know this is a good guideline for praying but should you can never leave out praise if you're not if you're not praising God for who he is and if you're not bringing glory to him while you're praying you know you're doing God a dis you're 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 not praying like you should you know, praising God and thanking God should be part of your prayer life is prayer is not a 911 to God it's not oh I have another problem You know, sometimes we just need to pray and thank God. You know, I get it. In this life, we have a lot of problems. And there's going to be most of the time when you're praying and you want God to help you out. And that's perfect. That's what you should do. But maybe preface it with just thanking God for a little bit. I remember, I think it was uh, Harold Vaughn talks about how he sings before he does his devotions. Now, if you can't sing and your house is full of people, maybe not. But (laughs) if you're alone and you have time and no one's around, you know, just sing. Praise God before you start reading. It says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Paraphrase. But singing and bringing God praise beforehand can get you in the right spirit. And it's just a rightful thing that you should do. And we see that here in Mary's example. as She's always at Jesus' feet, and here she's thanking God. Much of being at Jesus' feet is thanking him. Worshiping Jesus for who he is and what he has done, and thankful for his sacrifice. You know, nobody loves you like God loves you. Nobody has sacrificed for you like Jesus has sacrificed for you. Nobody laid down their life for you. Now, we know, you know, we represent, you know, we respect and honor the troops who laid down their life for us. But nobody died for you like Jesus did. Amen. Nobody loves you like Jesus did. You know, Jesus had it set. He's, he was God in heaven, in paradise, and he left that for each and every one of us. Yeah. We don't deserve that. That's the, most, that was the greatest show of love the world has ever seen, that God, perfect in the flesh, came down for something that he created, that rebelled against him, he loved us anyway, and died for us. That's why when we go to Jesus' feet, we should be thankful. That's why when we go to Jesus' feet, there should be a time of praise. Others may think that you're wasting your time. We see here in this story that the Pharisees and Judas, they're all going against her, you know, least, you know get her out of here. She, they think that she's wasting her time. You are never wasting your time at Jesus' feet. Never. You are never wasting your time when you're in communion with God and in prayer. You're never wasting time when you're thanking God. You know, oh, well, I only have this small amount and, you know, I don't have a lot of time here. But make time for God. Thankful. Be thankful for what you have. It should be a place of, of uh, it should be a thankful place. If all you had today is what you thanked God for yesterday, what would you have? One, a man said that in our dorm devos. He said, if you only had today, would you thank God for yesterday, what would you have? Be thankful for what you have because God's given you everything. Everything that I've ever obtained, everything that I've ever done, it wasn't me, it was God. I, I, I just, I know countless times before I get up and preach or when I go and do the class with the teens, I just, I think to God, God, I'm not worthy of this. God, I mean... I can't do this. And God just talks to me and says, Anthony, I can do it through you. God is a big God, and he has chosen, get this, this is even crazier, that he has chosen to indwell us and help us through our days, to help us in stuff that we can't do ourselves. You know, people say God won't give you anything you can't handle. Well, that's true, but he will give you stuff that only the Holy Spirit through you can handle, stuff that only the Holy Spirit can do through you. So when people see it, it's like, wow, that was God. You know, that person could have never done that. That was God. There should be times in your life when you do impossible things because God worked through you because you were at Jesus' feet and Jesus told you to do something and you did it through his power. Yeah. Jesus' feet is where you find the power to do impossible things, where you find the power and you thank God for who he is. And others will think you're crazy. What do you, now this is talking about time at Jesus' feet is never wasted time. What do you waste time on? We all do it. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. We waste time on a lot of things. You know, somebody texts you and they're like, Oh, that game's kind of fun on my phone. And then you're putting these stupid little blocks together. But I've, I downloaded it recently. It's just, you know, it helps keep your brain engaged. But before you know it, it's, an hour goes by, and you're just putting these stupid blocks together. We waste time on so many things. And, and honestly, you'll know, call me crazy, but it's the devil. He, he is so in control of the entertainment industry, you have no idea. And he, he, he will flood your life with so many things that he knows will waste your time and take you away from God. You're like, oh, well, I'm not, doing out, I'm not out doing drugs. I'm not out in jail. I'm not doing this. But you spend time doing other things that you should be doing what God's doing. And the devil's got you trapped just like everyone else. The devil will use entertainment. The devil will use the TV and all of that to get you away from him. And I'm guilty of it. There's just, it's just it's not hard to get distracted. It's just not. I mean, the devil makes it so easy to do something you're not supposed to. But God makes it easy to meet with him. It's not hard. You just get on your knees and you cry out to God. Now, it's kind of like when you go to the gym. The hardest part about going to the gym is walking through the doors. Because once you're there, you might as well start working out. You paid for it and you already drove there. So you might as well start working out. But the hardest part of going to the gym is getting up, getting in the car, and walking through those doors. So I'm telling you right now, the hardest part about getting to Jesus' feet... Is getting on your knees. It's just starting. You know what? I'm going to do it. Just decide today when you get home or even tonight at the invitation, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get to Jesus' feet. Regardless of what people think, regardless of what people say, You know, it's worth it and you won't regret it. Amen. I never regretted getting at Jesus' feet. I never regretted spending time with God. Yes, when you do something good, the, first, the hardest part to getting to do it is deciding you're going to do it. So decide tonight you're going to be at Jesus' feet. You won't regret it and it'll be a transforming place, it'll be a tranquil place, and it'll be a thankful place. Sacrifice for Jesus at his feet. We talk, it talks about here in the passage how she had the ointment. You know, that cost a lot of money, and she didn't have a lot of money. And a lot of us, maybe we think of ourselves not having a lot of money. And Like I said before, we live in New Jersey, it's very expensive. You know, there's times God's going to call you to sacrifice. There's going to be times when God says, you know what, you know, give that extra money. I remember... I'm really, I promise I'm not trying to brag on me. I'm not. But I remember one time we were at, a, we were at the summit, and they were taking an offering. And we, they were handing it out, and they did this thing. It was for the church in New York City. And I was like, all right, here's 20 bucks. And I was recently just bought an engagement ring. And I don't know if she got me or if I got her, but I signed up for a credit card. And I got, I got a lot of percent off and 0% APR. So I was like, I'm good. But I brought a lot of cash to put a down payment on it. I had a couple hundred dollars in my pocket. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to buy a ring. And I never used it. And I, Mike was with me. And I was like, Mike, I'm, dinner's on me tonight. So, <laughs> but there I am. And I, I honestly, like I said, not brag it on me, but God put it on my heart. I said, God, what do you want me to do with this money? I plan on using it. I'm not using it. It hasn't been in my bank account since to no ends. Over time, I just put money away. So this money is not in my budget. God, what do you want me to do with it? And... Honestly, it was a good chunk of money. And at the summit, they are handing out the offering plate, and I put $20 in. And I, <laughs> I messed up here. I said, Haley, it's a good thing God didn't tell me to put all of it in. And then I just, I'm telling you, it was like whack. I was like, I was like, kid, come here. Because, you know, they were doing little kids handing out, and I, just, and I put it all in. God's going to call you to sacrifice. You know, I could have used that money. You know, me and Haley could have used that money for all this wedding stuff. But God's going to call you to sacrifice. It may be, you know, God, this doesn't make any sense. You know, I need that money, or I need that time, but he may call you to sacrifice it. You know, Mary needed that ointment. That maybe it was her retirement plan, maybe it was her, you know, her life savings, was that, or maybe it was passed down from a family. She needed that. That was that was what she was banking on. It was kind of like her fallout if something happened. She had that. She could sell it and she could live. But she sacrificed it for Jesus. And then people will see that as a waste. People look at you, you're crazy. Why are you giving all that money to charity? Why are you giving all that money to the church? You'll never waste your money, you'll never waste your time sacrificing for Jesus. She knew it. If you're doing it with the right heart, you know it. You know that God is going to use it, and you're doing it for God's glory, not yours. It's all about God. We're nothing. We're nobody. We're just little people on God's earth trying to do what God wants us to do. Sacrifice for Jesus. The ointment was very costly. What do you sacrifice for for Jesus? Time, money, life. So today, very simply, are you willing to sit at Jesus' feet? Are you willing to take the time? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to meet with God and sit at His feet? You won't regret it. You'll never regret meeting with God. It was normal for Mary to be at Jesus' feet. So, you know, Anthony, I've done it before, but I haven't really done it in a while. It should be normal. It should be normal for you, to, for people to see you at Jesus' feet. Now, I don't know if I was going to use it or not, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. I remember... No matter what, when I was a little kid, if I woke up at 5.30, my mom was reading her Bible. And she was in the same spot every day. And she would like, you know, have her feet up and she'd always be reading her Bible. And I knew she was meeting with God. And sometimes I would get up just to see it. Just be like, oh, yep, there she is. And I will go back to bed. She didn't know that. She didn't know, you know, that she was being impacted. And, you know, maybe you're out there today, you meet with God. And you do it every day. And it's normal. Keep doing it. Stay faithful and stay at Jesus' feet. Is it normal for you? Are you troubled? Are there things in your life that you're worried about tonight? I mean, I'm not a fool. I know that everybody's going through something. Everybody has something on their mind that you're like, oh, when I get home, this is going to pop up. So everybody has problems in their life. We all have issues. Have you brought it to Jesus' feet yet? Have, Have you laid it out for him and said, God, I don't know what to do with this. Show me. Like, Are we trying to juggle all the things of life? Bring it to Jesus' feet. Do you thank him enough? Is there a time when you come to your life and you thank God like Mary did? She was thankful for what he did. Come to Jesus' feet. And lastly, in conclusion, one thing is needful. What I've preached to you, what I've just God showed me that he told me to show you is that it's needful. It's not something that we can just brush aside. Oh, that was great. I'll think about that later. No, it's needful. Jesus himself said it's needful. It's it's what we need in life to get by. It's what we need in life to keep going. It's what we need in life to get to that next level of being close to God and being mature as Christians. It's needful. Meet with God. Be at his feet. I mean, it's just the greatest life you'll ever live when you're meeting with God every day. When you're meeting with God, maybe maybe you can only make it once a week where you spend good amounts of time sitting at his feet. It's needful. Jesus himself said there's one thing that's needful. It's a transforming place. It's a tranquil place. It's a thankful place. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for today. Thank you for all you've done for us. God, I pray that you would just help us, God, just to meet you at your feet. God, it's just a humbling place, and it's a place where we find peace and freedom from our troubles. God, I pray that we would just meet with you tonight. God, I pray if anybody's on the fence, God, like I said, it's just the hardest thing is just doing it, just just going for it. God, just make up our minds that we're going to meet with you. God, we won't regret it. God, I love you. I thank you for meeting with me in times when I don't deserve it. God, when I've messed up and I haven't followed you, but you're just ready ready, and ready to meet with me. God, thank you for that. God, I pray that we would meet with you tonight at your feet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor.